You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. We have a lot to talk about today. Some pretty incredible information coming out about the initial attack on October 7th on Israel that puts the whole combat in a new perspective. We'll be talking about some protests. We'll talk about the debates last night. And we'll be talking about the way that Soros DAs have blood on their hands. All of that and more coming up. But first, this, the latest Greg Reese report on Bandot Video, Religious Mind Control and the Impending Holy War. Enjoy. The dark cabal, herding us like sheep, is only able to maintain its power by staying invisible. The most effective way of maintaining invisibility is, and always has been, the art of dividing the masses. This psychological operation, known as Divide and Conquer, has been deployed for all of recorded history because it works, especially with organized religion, which is ruled by dogma rather than a personal relationship with God. Dogma is a belief doctrine dictated by a church, and if you were born into a dogmatic family, then you are raised to believe their dogma. As a result, you will see all conflicting religious dogma as evil. You will be divided and conquered. The main religions used to divide and conquer mankind are the three Abrahamic religions. Judaic dogma teaches the Jew that they are a member of the chosen race destined to rule over everyone else as a teacher of God's law. Islamic dogma teaches that all of mankind must somehow submit to Islam. And while there are reportedly 40,000 different denominations of Christianity, Most Christian dogma teaches that Christians will live in paradise for eternity while everyone else burns in hell. Many people raised in these religions have been able to personally connect with God and liberate themselves from the device of dogma. But many others are stuck in group mind think. They conflate Holy Scripture and a priest class with God and put their faith in a doctrine written by man. It has become the most powerful form of mind control. And so whoever controls the Holy Land controls the world. In Revelation 2.9 of the King James Bible, it warns of the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. We are beginning to see this today with the Zionists who say they are Jews and are not. With the help of the United Nations, the British Crown, the Vatican, the Nazis, and the Rothschild banking dynasty, The land formerly known as Palestine was conquered with bloodshed, lies, and bureaucracy. The Zionists, who claimed to be secular, declared the land to be Israel, home of the Jews, and successfully thrust the once thriving Middle East back into the Middle Ages. The relatively peaceful region was soon transformed into an unending war zone. Decades of U.S. war crimes radicalized many of the Muslim population into becoming terrorists. The creation of the State of Israel in 1948 would have never been successful if it were not for the Jewish Holocaust. Even though the Palestinians had nothing to do with it, the Holocaust was effectively used as an emotional excuse for what would otherwise be an illegal land grab. And while few deny that Hitler was murdering Jews, many have pointed out that 6 million would have been logistically impossible. So why the number 6 million? For several decades preceding World War II, The Zionists repeated the mantra, six million, referring to the death of six million Jews. 
A six followed by six zeros can also be read as 66, which can be read as two-thirds. Certain radical sects of Judaism and Christianity believe that two-thirds of the Jews must perish. It appears as if the Zionists created Israel as a sacrificial altar to make this happen, repeating the lesser magic mantra of what they want to make manifest. Today we are seeing Zionists begging for genocide, calling out to kill them all, and gaslighting us into thinking there never was a Palestine, while saying we should flatten it and turn it into glass. We are seeing Christian pastors cheer for mass murder, pastors saying that Israel should make the Gaza Strip a parking lot, and several evangelical pastors who speak as if Christ will only return if we provide him the blood sacrifice taught in their extreme Incredible body. work by Greg Reese, as always. That, is, again, is called Religious Mind Control and the Impending Holy War. Ban, band, dot vi- with Harrison Smith is where the shields of truth are forged in the fires of inquiry. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Very glad to be here with you today on Infowars.com and Band.video, coming to you live from the Central Austin headquarters of this worldwide phenomenon. We have a lot to discuss today, a lot of videos to show you, of course, Israel and Gaza, but also a lot of political nonsense going on, and I guess that's where we will start today. Although we do have some pretty incredible information coming out about what actually happened on October 7th, the Hamas attack that occurred just a little over a month ago. Today is the one-month anniversary, if you want to call it that. It's been one month since the attack on Gaza began in earnest, and it has only increased since then. They're now implementing humanitarian pauses in order to evacuate some of the people who are still in Gaza, which is really just a convenient way of couching your displacement as mercy. We have a lot of news in, on that front, a lot of videos show you about what's going on there as well. But let's begin with last night, this, the runner-up debate. Who is going to be second place to Donald Trump? Or rather, who will be, be there to pick up the pieces if and when the Democrats succeed in locking up their primary political opponent in prison? I don't need to tell you if you watched it, Vivek Ramaswamy wiped the floor with the competition. Newsweek says Vivek Ramaswamy is tearing Republicans apart. Presidential hopeful Vivek has sparked discussions after attacking Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel during the third GOP primary debate. And frankly, he was the only one even worth listening to. And you know that even if you didn't watch the debate, but were on social media, I think there were 20 Vivek videos to every one video of another candidate. And the reason was obvious. It would have taken too long, but I I almost wanted just to play all of the closing statements in a row. Because the first two from Tim Scott and New Jersey's governor, 
Chris Christie were were like cartoonish. I mean, it was like watch something from Futurama. Faith, family, America, <laughs> vote for me. And I was just like, okay, that was that was nothing. Well done. And then Vivek Ramaswamy comes in and is just like hammering topics that are on everybody's mind, casting shade at not only the Democrats and doing so in a forceful and and brilliant way, but also against his fellow Republicans on the stage who are guilty of the same things that our Democratic enemies are guilty of. Some of the most bombshell one-liners I've ever heard on a stage ever since, I guess, 2016. I guess 2016 would have been the last time that we had uh, such a Trumpian performance. He clearly is picking up the Trump baton, the mantle of MAGA, and is wielding it effectively. And I saw comments like that as well, saying, you know, man, the poor poor Republicans, they expected it to return to business as usual, having undermined and backstabbed Donald Trump out of the way. They expected it to go back to, you know, just worthless talking points that they never back up with anything. Uh, But what they found was that Vivek was there to wrench the whole conversation out of their hands and frankly humiliate the other (laughs) participants. Let's go now to clip number nine. Here's Vivek Ramaswamy calling not just Nikki Haley, but also Governor Ron DeSantis, Dick Cheney in three-inch heels. It's a good one. Let's watch. Between you and the candidates we just heard on this issue, on, on what you would tell the prime minister? Not in terms of what I would tell the prime minister, no. In fact, I would go one step further. The founding vision of Israel was based on the idea that they don't want to depend on anybody else's sympathy or direction in defending themselves. So what I would tell Bibi is that Israel has the right and the responsibility to defend itself. I would tell him to smoke those terrorists on his southern border, and then I'll tell him as president of the United States, I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border. That's his responsibility. This is our responsibility. That's how we move forward. But I want to be careful to avoid making the mistakes from the neocon establishment of the past. Corrupt politicians in both parties spent trillions, killed millions, made billions for themselves in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, fighting wars that sent Thousands of our sons and daughters, people my age, to die in wars that did not advance anyone's interests, adding $7 trillion to our national debt. And Joe Biden sold off our foreign policy. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N., bankrupt or in debt was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first? Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which case, we've got two of them on stage Mr. tonight. Mr. thank you. Senator, we've got uh, Senator. two of them. I mean, that, it's like he says Dick Cheney in three-inch heels. You think he's talking about Nikki Haley. Totally devastating, again, Trumpian insult. But then he says we got two of them on stage, and it brings up both Ron DeSantis, not only in the fact that he is an establishment of Republicans, Republican, but he also wears high heels, the poor guy. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy, he did. He just wiped the floor with these people, and it was something to behold. He not only went after his fellow candidates and the Democrats, He also went after the people hosting the show 
and Ron McDaniel, uh, McDaniel, who runs the RNC and who you know, many people blame for the horrible outcome of some of the special elections that happened uh, the day before. And we'll go to one more clip here. Uh, but before we do, Matt Baker at slave underscore two underscore liberty on Twitter counted up mentions of certain countries and posted this on Twitter. Who do they work for? The word American was said 22 times during this debate. The word Jewish was said 213 times. The word America was said 18 times. The word Israel was said 53 times by my count. Really incredible. He says these debates were an absolute disgrace. Regardless of who they work for, these people act like children. None of them come near to expressing the dire consequences our country is facing. None of them were in the moment. They were all just spewing talking points. It looked like a college-level debate class. But thank you, uh, Matt, for, for counting those up because it is quite a discrepancy between the number of times our country was mentioned versus the number of times Israel was mentioned during the debate last night. Uh, let's go now to clip number 11. It's a little bit longer, but this a lot of people thought was the sort of defining moment of the debate in pointing out that Vivek absolutely won. Let's go now to clip number 11. Uh, the former president. I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, I and mean, we've got Kristen Welker here. So that's, that's him going after the uh, moderators. We can pull it down. But he was on fire. And apparently this led to Ronna McDaniel being overheard trashing Vivek Ramaswamy, saying, quote, he won't get a cent from us, meaning the RNC, calling him an a-hole, a total a-hole. Uh, this is from Tim Katz News. A source was sitting close to Ronna McDaniel, who was there at the debate and overheard her say this, saying, quote, she was in complete meltdown mode over Vivek. Which these are the people that run the Republican Party. If you insult them or point out that they're not doing well in the polls, they'll deny you money for their own ego and their own aggrandizement. It's sick, and it, it is why we lose. We need to get rid of them. We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on. And these are game-changing products. It's like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible. And I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get three or 4,000 bottles of each one of these. We've got 4,000 bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about 4,000 bottles of 1776 Testosterone Boost that just came in. And we've got about 3,000 bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation all three of these are back in stock and they're incredible and they fund our operation at infowarsstore.com 
We have three original, one-of-a-kind toothpaste designed by my father, a dentist, at InfoWarsStore.com that don't have fillers, that are filled with high-quality essential oils and more. We have the turmeric toothpaste, we have the ultimate tooth whitening with coral calcium toothpaste, and we have the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste, again, with a whole bunch of key essential oils that are so good, not just for your teeth and your gums, but your whole mouth, your throat, and more. These are really game-changing toothpaste. They're very, very strong. Most over-the-counter toothpaste have fluoride, ours don't, and it doesn't have fillers in it. It is just chock full of incredible things that God gave us through Mother Nature. So, it's now back in stock. It became a bestseller. The turmeric toothpaste is available again at InfoWarsStore.com. We're selling out of the tooth whitening toothpaste. We've got some of that left. And we also have some of the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste in stock, but it's running out as well. So all three toothpastes in stock for a limited time, InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is War Room. We're going to talk about war today and some really shocking new information that's come out about what occurred one month, two days ago, 32 days ago, the October 7th attack that lit the Middle East on fire took place. And we're just now getting some of the truth about what took place that day. And surprise, surprise, it is entirely different than the story first told. Before we get to that, I want to get some other domestic news here. News that could affect you and your family, although I pray it doesn't. And that's two different stories, both released today, both with almost exactly the same timeline, where once again... American citizens, innocent people pay the price for the Soros DAs and the overall complete destruction of our legitimate Department of Justice. See, when our Department of Justice wants to go after a January 6th terrorist, they've got all the resources they could possibly want at their disposal. They treat them like a rabid dog or a terrorist with a you know, bomb vest on. But when it comes to protecting you and your family, your friends from vicious attack by repeat criminals, they handcuff themselves and they use every loophole at their disposal to let the criminal go no matter how many times he ruins the life of innocent people. The first is this, Jillian Ludwig, Belmont University student, dies after being hit by a stray bullet in Nashville Park. Let's go now to clip number eight. There she is, 18-year-old girl, played in a band, hanging out in Nashville Park. When she's struck by a stray bullet and dies, the bullet fired by somebody who had very recently been let out of prison on a similar charge. Let's go now to clip number eight. Taylor's criminal background includes charges for vehicle theft, robbery, handgun possession, and multiple aggravated assaults. A report back from 2015 shows 
that he shoved a man to the ground on the pedestrian bridge and stole 60 bucks from him. More recently, in May of this year, Taylor was charged with aggravated assault. However, the district attorney's office could not prosecute Taylor, saying the case was dismissed and Taylor was released from custody because he was found incompetent to stand trial. Even though he was deemed incompetent for mental health reasons, doctors that reviewed his case say he did not meet the standards for involuntary commitment to a mental health facility. This is a problem our WSMB4 investigates team recently exposed of people deemed mentally incompetent to stand trial being arrested over and over again and then being released back onto the streets. Mentally incompetent to stand trial, so they release them onto the streets. Here's a, here's a radical idea. If they're incompetent mentally to participate in a trial, they are incompetent mentally to be free. That's how it usually works. Usually if you plead insanity, it doesn't mean you're going to get off of the charges, just be released out into the wild. It means you're not going to be given a prison sentence. You're going to be given a medical diagnosis, and you're going to be forcibly confined in a hospital until the doctor's feel like you've been cured of your mental illness. But apparently now there's some there's some gap between the thresholds where you can be mentally incompetent enough to not be punished for your crimes while still competent enough to not qualify for imprisonment in a mental health institution. And this wasn't the only case of this happening today. There's another one here. K-A-R-E investigates legislators failing to reform broken juvenile competency system. A teen accused of shooting a man in the head was found incompetent to stand trial and then let go. He's now charged with shooting another man in the head. I legitimately think that not only should these people be probably executed... And they should be charged and given the death penalty, and it should be expedited. And we shouldn't waste resources on appeals, whatever. You shoot two people in the head in two separate occasions, I, I think you've had enough chances. But not only that, I think a similar charge should be brought against anybody who participated in the release of these people. If you're a DA who refused to prosecute or a judge who let this person out, didn't even charge them, didn't even have the case. He shoots a man in the head. They say, okay, we're charging you with murder or with aggravated assault, whatever the outcome is. And they say, well, I'm sorry, I'm very stupid and insane. And they say, well, okay, well, then never mind. You're just free to go. There's no way this is the proper working of our justice system. There's just no way. So somebody is cheating. Somebody is allowing this to happen. In the same way that you charge the driver with murder, if they are the getaway driver in a killing, these people are the getaway drivers. These people are the ones who opened the cage at the zoo. They're responsible when the lion attacks. If they let people out knowing they committed a crime by saying they're incompetent to stand trial but not incompetent enough to be forcibly confined in a mental ward, the blood is on their hands. And I'm not talking about removing them from their position. I'm talking about giving them the punishment they deserve for being an active member and participant in a murder. 
despite being one degree of separation away. Hawa Lobe fears after leaving her apartment. After what happened to her in February, a 16-year-old boy pointed a gun at her in her apartment's uh, parking lot, demanded her purse, and she begged him not to shoot. Uh, This is just talking about another victim of this guy. She got away, but they say she's lucky because earlier, police believe the same teen shot a man in the head outside of a nearby market, nearly killing him. That man is still in the hospital. Eight months later, the teen, was, the teen was accused of shooting another victim in the head at a Brooklyn Park gas station. In that case, the teen, who already faced more than a dozen other crimes, was found mentally incompetent to stand trial due to his mental health and low cognitive functioning. And so he was let out. He was released and is now charged with another shooting, February 2023. His shooting case was suspended and he was released to his mother, court records show, at the same time, more than a dozen misdemeanor charges were dropped. A dozen. So these are technically juveniles found incompetent. I suppose the same is with the murderer of Jillian Ludwig. But this is the way they're getting away with it. And these people would still be alive if it weren't for the corrupt, manipulative, cheating DAs who care more about the well-being of vicious, lifelong, repeat criminals than they do protecting the innocent civilians who become their victims. So two more families with empty chairs and Thanksgiving, the life of memories tainted forever by this senseless crime Criminals who were Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic Vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. The command center in the battle for clarity and truth. Harrison Smith invites you to the War Room. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I think we may just stick with domestic and even international news in this first hour. Probably spend the entire second hour on what we've learned about October 7th and about the looming specter growing ever greater of World War III as various countries make various moves inching us ever towards that goal. And we'll talk about the FBI here in a, in a variety of different ways. But before we do that, a, a moment of 
mourning. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. A moment of celebrating. <laughs> sorry, I was thinking that uh, this was a bad thing at first, thinking that these people were our, our fellow you know, media activists. But uh, no, I, I just remembered there are mortal enemies. Anna Merlin on Twitter says, Today is yet another really rough day in media. Oh, dear. Dozens of my vice colleagues are being laid off globally. Oh, no. And we just got news that Jezebel, where I worked for years, is being shut down. My God. My God. Despite billions of dollars of investment from international communists, despite their media outlets being supported and prompted by algorithms everywhere from YouTube to X and anywhere in between, they have failed in their effort to propagandize the American people because their work is trash, their stories are nonsense, their ideology poison, and their very existence a form of societal cancer. Yes, it's over, folks. Jezebel is shutting down, (laughs) and we get to soak in Oliver Darcy's despicable tears as he mourns the passing of this degenerate rag. Jezebel shutting down per Geo Media CEO, story by Oliver Darcy. Jezebel, the punchy feminist blog with an outsized influence on internet culture, will suspend operations and lay off its staff effective immediately. Its parent company, Geo Media, said Thursday as it announced broader restructuring in its portfolio of digital news outlets. Oh, dear. Who will tell us? Who will tell us the important things that Jezebel has warned us of in the past? Who will tell us that getting to work on time is a form of white supremacy? Who will tell us that men are women and women are men? How will we know? How, who will be the guiding light in this time of trouble if the great Jezebel is shut down? We'll, we'll be lost. We're lost without them. Quote, just about every company in our space has found themselves in a similar circumstance, says the CEO. The cuts come as broader media industry continues to struggle with a weak advertising climate. Vice also announced cuts to its team on Thursday, and across the media landscape, cost-cutting and layoffs have been rampant over the past year. You know where they haven't been rampant? You know where they haven't been at all, actually? Here, at InfoWars. It turns out, if you just report the truth, if you just tell people what is really happening and actually take a pro-humanity stance and not try to desperately shove down ridiculous transhumanist propaganda down their throat, turns out the people will support you and you'll be able to keep existing. Take note, Jezebel. Take note, Vice Media. Everyone hates you. Nobody likes you. Nobody pays attention to you. The little popularity you still cling to is entirely the result of machinations behind the scenes of algorithms and your fellow travelers in places like Google and YouTube and Facebook. You would be nothing without their unfair and corrupt support because nobody reads you. You're not informative. You're not interesting. You're not compelling. You're not even that like controversial anymore. You just spit the same ridiculous 
nonsense, and everybody's sick of it. So goodbye forever. You have been relegated to the trash heap of history, and InfoWars is here to dance on your polluted grave. And with that, I want to thank you. I want to thank the InfoWars audience for helping us to avoid such an ignominious defeat, helping us to survive and indeed thrive in an extremely competitive and difficult landscape in the media. So thank you for going to InfoWarsStore.com. Thank you for supporting us. Your support and the individuals in the InfoWars audience that spend their hard-earned money at InfoWarsStore.com to get fantastic products. You are more powerful and more reliable than the billionaires and the money managers and the manipulative scumbags that run our society. And the proof is ever apparent. Thank you for going to InfoWars Store. Thank you for purchasing things like Ultra 12, the incredible B12 supplement for 40% off, or the vitamin D3 gummies, or down and out sleep support formula, all of them on massive discount right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Not only are you getting an incredible product that will improve your life noticeably, but you're also supporting a truly independent media outlet that is frankly heads and shoulders above our competition as if we would ever be caught standing next to them. So goodbye, Jezebel. Goodbye, Vice Riders. Good luck peddling your swill to your fellow communists. Your time is over. And with that, let's take a look at another major issue today. That is the continuing persecution of anybody associated with January 6th. Stories at ABC News, search underway for a man wanted in connection with January 6th attack. Let's go ahead and go to clip number two here. An urgent manhunt. New Jersey town of Helmeta has been shut down and is swarming with armed agents of the state searching for this dangerous criminal who committed the crime of stepping on the grass at the Capitol. Let's watch. 40 miles outside New York City at this hour in Middlesex County, New Jersey, after a suspect wanted in the January 6th attack evaded authorities. This was the scene in central New Jersey today, a massive police presence. The FBI and SWAT teams called in. ABC Stephanie Ramos on the scene for us tonight. An all-out manhunt tonight in this small central New Jersey town, just 40 miles southwest of New York City. After this man, wanted in connection to the attack at the Capitol on January 6th, evaded arrest. Gregory Yetman fleeing on foot into the wooded area near his home. Police searching from the sky and on the ground. According to USA Today, Yetman is suspect number 278 AFO, wanted for assault of a federal officer, pictured at the Capitol in these photos on the FBI's website. In an interview earlier this year, Yetman indicated he was at the Capitol that day, but said he did nothing wrong. The FBI leading the multi-agency manhunt in the town of Helmeta. Officers in tactical gear. Yeah, folks, so they can't uh, arrest career criminals that shoot men in the back of the head. They let them go. The crime waves that are sweeping entire cities and shutting down entire downtowns in places like San Francisco, not a single finger is lifted to prevent them. But when a January 6th protester is on the docket. It's all hands on deck, full military invasion of a small town to try to get this dangerous criminal. I say Godspeed, Gregory Yetman. Good luck out there. 
if I was him, I wouldn't surrender either. I mean, think about this. Think about the treatment of the January 6th prisoners, nonviolent offenders, people that simply walked into the Capitol and then turned themselves in thinking justice would be done and have spent the last two years of their lives in solitary confinement without ever being convicted of a crime. Would you turn yourself over to that Justice Department? Would you give them the benefit of the doubt and think that you'll be exonerated because you're innocent? Or have you seen people thrown in jail for decades despite a total absence of evidence and total innocence on display? The Justice Department at this point has the same credibility as an ISIS tribunal or as a Mexican cartel. And I, for one, I wonder if the people like Joe Biggs and Stuart Rhodes, who are in jail for decades now, I wonder if they regret turning themselves in and trusting this thoroughly corrupt system. Maybe running away is the better choice. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? Finally, Vitamin Mineral Fusion is back in stock and now available for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. This specially formulated drink mix gives your body the essential vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and other beneficial compounds that support optimum health. Vitamin Mineral Fusion goes above and beyond the standard of vitamins and trace minerals. Our exclusive formula is loaded with 34 key ingredients, including vitamin C, E, D, B12, calcium, magnesium, zinc, selenium, L-glutamine, CoQ10, alpha-lipoic acid, folic acid riboflavin, and much more. Aside from bolstering your bodily functions, this drink mix is naturally delicious. And unlike capsules and vitamin pills, it's truly a pleasure to the taste buds. So if you haven't already, mix it up and take your health to the next level with Vitamin Mineral Fusion today. Now 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. Matt Gates has made regular appearances on our show over the last few days. First, calling out the mistreatment of January 6th prisoners, including Owen Schroyer. Fantastic to see him doing that. Yesterday, we played video of him asking the very pointed and pertinent question whether it is ever possible to criticize people like George Soros without it being considered anti-Semitic by our de facto censors in this rapidly forming theocracy in which we now live. And he's done it again, a brilliant argument laying out the massive abuses of the FBI as he stands in opposition 
to giving them $300 million to build a new base. Laura Loomer tweeted this out. Shameful behavior by 70 House Republicans yesterday. While everyone was distracted by the Trump rally in the third GOP debate, 70 House GOP Republicans voted in support of the FBI getting an additional $300 million for their new headquarter office, which will be larger than the Pentagon, which at the time it was built was the largest, and I think for decades after, the largest office building in the world. Now the FBI wants one bigger than that. Uh, because I guess uh, there's like a leak in the ceiling at the headquarters in D.C. She says these 70 Republicans just supported the massive expansion of the weaponized government. That's $300 million that should have instead been sent to Border Patrol to secure our southern border. And she lists out the 70 Republicans who deserve to be shamed for their support of this wholly and completely un-American organization, the FBI, which is, as we speak— turning into the the Stasi, the modern Stasi. That is exactly what they are. They serve a political purpose. And the leader of the FBI, Chris Wray, goes to World Economic Forum meetings and brags about the way the FBI is working with corporations and media outlets and social media to bring about the one world government goals of the unelected plutocrats that are setting one up. So I want to play this full thing. It's Matt Gates first lays out a reason why every patriot should be thoroughly against the so-called FBI at this point. But then you have another Republican set up, set up, set up, uh, step up and try to win back some support for the FBI, only to be thoroughly demolished by Matt Gates. We're going to let this play in full. Here is Florida Representative Matt Gates standing against the $300 million new headquarters for the FBI. Clip seven. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The FBI wants a massive new complex for their Washington, D.C. area-based activities. They want to spend more than $300 million on that complex, though the FBI has an employee base that's about 2.3% of the United States military. Mr. Speaker, they're literally asking for something that is larger than the Pentagon. For the FBI, and so my amendment would disallow any planning, spending, distribution of funds for that purpose. I don't believe that the FBI deserves a massive new headquarters or Washington field office. The uh, activities inside of Washington, the greater Washington metro area, have really driven a lot of the investigative work we have done. It's not bad folks from the FBI out at some field office in middle America or, or elsewhere in the country. It is the Washington, D.C.-based activities that have pressured other field offices for no good law enforcement reason. It's the D.C.-based entities that have suppressed credible investigative leads into criminal conduct over the objections of other bureaus and offices. And they've initiated investigations into American citizens merely for engaging in constitutionally protected speech. They've attempted to entrap members of the United States Senate by holding false classified briefings. That's testimony we got from Senators Grassley and Senator Johnson. They've also worked hard to censor factual information harmful to their preferred political candidates, notably the Hunter Biden laptop story that the FBI, based in the D.C. metro area, uh, were involved in, in cajoling censorship of. Building a new headquarters would condone, reinforce, and enable the Washington field office of the Federal Bureau of Investigation's nefarious behavior. We shouldn't do it, and we should adopt this amendment to ensure that's the case. I reserve. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman, and uh, my thanks to um, to the minority side for giving me an opportunity to speak. I rise in opposition 
to the gentleman from Florida's amendment, we're not always going to hate the FBI. But what I do know is that when I toured the FBI headquarters, I saw it in a state of disrepair that is going to need the attention of the owners of that property. And that's us. The fact is the building is crumbling. And there's going to be, there's going to be a need to do something. What that something is, I'm not an expert on. But I think it would be wrong for us to be taking this, act, this action today, pursuant to this amendment, without having at least a hearing and an opportunity for the people responsible for the facilities, FBI, GSA, any other stakeholder, to be able to help us understand what the situation is today and what the needs are of tomorrow. Gentleman from Wisconsin Reserve, gentleman from Florida is recognized. Mr. Speaker, it is not my grave concern that the FBI's building is crumbling. It is my grave concern that the civil liberties of Americans are crumbling. And I wish we were more worried about that and less worried about whether or not we got new carpet and wallpaper at the FBI building. My colleague uh, from Arkansas says that the FBI headquarters is in a state of disrepair. Mr. Speaker, it is the FBI itself that is in a state of disrepair. And so while my colleague from Arkansas may be right that we may not always hate the FBI, how about while we are most concerned about the things they are doing, we not go build them a new $300 million building? My colleague says there needs to be a hearing. Well, let me tell you about the hearing that mattered to me. And frankly, many of my Democrat colleagues who are also worried about civil liberties. The hearing where we learned that the FBI has conducted over 278,000 illegal queries on the FISA system. Or the hearing that, the hearing that said that the inspector general found that, that, that 38 times an hour these people were violating FISA. The notion that we would stand here and defend them, frankly, is, is deeply disappointing. And I think those folks deserve to sit in the rat-infested J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover building until they get their act straight with America's civil liberties. I reserve. Absolutely brilliantly done by Matt Gates. Cannot believe that any Republican would still support the FBI in any way after this. After what they've done to the American people and to even their fellow Republican politicians over the last several years. Now, I've been to the FBI headquarters in D.C. I've been inside. It's an old building. It's a small building. It was built during a time and for an organization that actually served its purpose of protecting the United States. And you don't need a $300 million Pentagon-sized building to do that. That being said, I've been to other FBI headquarters like the one in Baltimore, and you should see the luxury these people work in. Their bathrooms are marble-plated, uh, brass, accoutrement. I mean, it's, it's luxurious, folks. It's not, they're not working in some run-down building. The FBI, it's part of the psychology. It's part of the, we deserve this. We're doing the, the right thing, you know. You feel like you're important and you're above everybody else when, you know, the, the disused bathroom and nobody even goes in is like shining and, and, the, and marble on the floor. I mean, you should have seen these places. So a lot of it is about the psychology of the FBI in feeling like they deserve not to, to be some second rate police organization, but deserve to be treated like millionaires and billionaires as they carry out the very difficult work of destroying our civil liberties. So screw them. They deserve nothing. They should be abolished, not built a new headquarters. That's my opinion on that. 
Well, let's talk about the DOJ. Let's talk about some of the other stuff they've uncovered and continue to do. Three charged in connection with brothel network that allegedly served elected officials. Three people were arrested for allegedly operating a sophisticated high-end brothel in Virginia and Massachusetts that catered to high-powered clients, including elected officials and government contractors with security clearance, the Department of Justice announced Wednesday. And maybe maybe we'll save this for the first five of the next hour because I have a two-minute video where they talk about the level of security and control and information that this brothel had for its customers and the fact that not a single person who made use of this brothel has been arrested, but the brothel operators have. And yet again, just like the Jeffrey Epstein list, they'll be, I guess, never released to the public, never exposed by the DOJ, who has decided that their purpose in existence is to protect the high-level criminals, not to bring them to justice, to do the bidding of the corrupt deep state, not to actually protect the American people from the abuses of these despicable perverts. Laura Loomer has also uncovered screenshots of the wife of the judge in the Donald Trump Manhattan case that shows extreme bias and, in fact, memes showing that her goal, which can be assumed to be shared with her husband, has been for years to get Donald Trump behind bars. Our Department of Justice, whether it's letting out repeat criminals so they can murder over and over again or sending out SWAT teams and entire army brigades to go after peaceful January 6 protesters or ignoring and covering up the crimes of the highest elites while persecuting Donald Trump it is broken possibly beyond repair please listen closely because this is life changing critical information the globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Navigating the maze of mainstream narratives, Harrison Smith finds the hidden paths in the war room. Welcome back, folks. We are going to get into Israel here on the other side, and boy, do we have a lot to tell you about that. But I thought I'd take this first five minutes to talk about two issues, which I believe are intertwined. The first is this story from The Hill. Three charged in connection with brothel network that allegedly served elected officials. The DOJ did a press conference about this. Clip number four. Let's go to that now. This commercial sex ring was built on secrecy and exclusivity, catering to a wealthy and well-connected clientele. And business was booming until today. It's alleged that the prospective sex buyers in this scheme first had to respond to a survey and provide information online, including their driver's license photos, their employer information, 
credit card information, and they often paid a monthly fee to be part of this illicit club. The affidavit that's unsealed in court today alleges that once the buyers were verified, they were then texted and allowed to place orders for, with commercial sex workers. They would choose the duration of the encounter they wanted, the types of services they wanted, and they also would receive a menu of different options and different women that they could purchase. Sometimes at rates between $350 and $600 an hour. The menu included photographs of the various women who were available that day. And the defendants um, then directed the sex buyers to various apartments in Watertown and Cambridge in Virginia where they engaged in commercial sex. So this location to the charging is about 20 minutes from downtown uh, Washington, D.C., where the capital resides. They say the DOJ did not identify any of the high-powered clients the brothels allegedly served, but said the investigation into the involvement of sex buyers is active and ongoing. Well, think about this. If they were forced or, or you know, compelled to fill out a survey, they gave employment information, they had to provide their driver's license. I mean, this was a blackmail operation. I think that much is pretty obvious. I'd also add that these were... Asian prostitutes, which I mean I would be very suspicious if this wasn't some sort of Chinese blackmail honeypot operation. They say over the course of the investigation, a wide array of buyers were identified, including but not limited to politicians, high-tech and pharmaceutical executives, doctors, military officers, government contractors that possess security clearances, professors, lawyers, scientists, and accountants, the department said. But they aren't releasing any of the names. They know that there are all these people. But they're not telling us who they are, and they're not being charged for their participation in this and their blatant violation of things like security clearance by engaging in illicit activity with people who they have provided proof of who they are, meaning that if the people wanted to blackmail them, it wouldn't be hearsay. They would have all of the evidence they could possibly need to pin it on them. So – was this a blackmail operation, and were these people blackmailed into doing certain things so as to not have their participation made public? We'll probably never find out if Jeffrey Epstein is any you know, warning for the future. Finally, we have this from Laura Loomer, exclusive. I have uncovered screenshots from the ex-account of Don Marie Ingeron, the wife of leftist NYC Judge Arthur Ingeron, who is overseeing the civil fraud against President Trump And it shows that she has been posting attacks on Trump from her account as the trial is ongoing. This is incredible bias. Less than 24 hours ago, she posted tweets which said, F Trump. She posted Photoshop pics of President Trump in an orange jumpsuit. And she attacked me during my live show last night for exposing her husband, who she is openly attacking President Trump's lawyer. Nobody can say this is a fair trial. And she points out that according to the rules of the chief administrative judge of New York State Unified Court System, judges must, quote, not allow family, social, political or other relationships to influence their judicial conflict or judgment. Judge Judge Ingeron needs to recuse himself and there needs to be a mistrial in President Trump's NYC civil fraud trial. This is the future, folks. Those at the top who are in the government get completely concealed by the DOJ. Their crimes are not prosecuted or revealed to the public. But people like Donald Trump will have activists whose entire goal in life is to put him behind bars, carrying out trials to do just that. Corrupt. Message after the message. Oh, Judah. 
I'm a pioneer. I'm an explorer. I'm a human, and I'm coming. I'm animated. I'm alive. My heart's big. It's got hot blood going through it fast. I like to fight, too. I like to eat. I like to have children. I'm here. I got a life force. This is a human. This is what we look like. This is what we act like. This is what everybody was like before us. This is what I am. I'm a throwback. I'm here. I've got the fire of human liberty. I'm setting fires everywhere. And humans are turning on everywhere. Get behind me, Satan! Down with the devil! Down with this the can't be. Arthur, you're playing the wrong message. Visit Infowars.com forward slash show today. Infowars.com forward slash show band.video. Infowars.com is where you can find all the stories that we cover here. And let's get into the big news today. Some of what has been uncovered about October 7th and the ensuing, yeah, I'll call it genocide that's been going on since then. Where do we begin? I mean, we have so many videos of just what is going on these days in Gaza and elsewhere in Palestine. But also what's going on here, some bizarre alliances, I guess, being formed, although not really because people are so stuck still in the left-right paradigm that I can't tell you the number of times I've heard people saying, you're siding with BLM? Well, you're siding with BlackRock and Joe Biden, so I don't know what to tell you. And speaking of... Pro-Palestinian protesters break into BlackRock's headquarters. A group of pro-Palestinian activists stage a protest at the Global Investment Management Corporation BlackRock's headquarters in Manhattan today, carrying banners reading, Shut down genocide profiteers, free Palestine. Numerous protesters entered the lobby of BlackRock's offices, chanting slogans. The demonstration comes amid a groundswell, a global swell of pro-Palestinian protests in recent months, sparked by an outbreak of violence in the occupied territories that left numerous Palestinians dead. Since the onset of violence between Israel and Palestine in July 2023, pro-Palestinian protests have erupted in cities uh, around the world, and now they have invaded and were briefly occupying the BlackRock headquarters. Good for them. I mean, if we can't seize this energy and actually cause real important change in the structure of the world and our, our path towards global government, then we will have missed one of the biggest opportunities in my lifetime to come together against the people that are destroying all of us, regardless of your race, color, and creed. And to emphasize this, I have a video, clip number six, of a Florida representative, Angie Nixon, begging for a ceasefire in Gaza, somebody that I don't know about, I imagine from you know, the, the way she talks and who she is, I wouldn't be on her side. of the time. But in this case, she's exactly right. And in this exchange between her and other people on the floor of the government building, you can see who is on the side of humanity and who is on the side of war. Let's go to clip number six here. This is Florida Representative Angie Nixon asking for a ceasefire in Gaza. We are at 10,000 dead Palestinians. How many will be enough? 
I also, one of my colleagues just said all of them. Wow. One of my colleagues said all of them. One of my colleagues also stated that this is going to dry up their fundraising if we vote on this resolution. I also want that, like, that's what we've become in this state. That's what we've become in this state where we don't care about innocent babies that don't even get the opportunity to blow out their first birthday candle. She asks, how many Palestinians have to die before we call to a stop? And a Republican on the floor says, all of them, all of them. In case you were wondering whether this is genocide and whether the American neocons are behind it, I think we have our answer there. Now, Biden has said there's no possibility of a Gaza ceasefire, which is, of course, a humiliating admission that the demands that he and his administration have made to Israel have gone completely unheeded, totally ignored, as they are routinely disrespected by these people. No possibility of a ceasefire. Remember, a ceasefire means that the combat is winding down. That's what John Kirby said yesterday. He said, none, no possibility, Biden told reporters as he left the White House for a trip to Illinois when asked about the chances of a ceasefire. What they have been able to achieve are four-hour daily, quote, humanitarian pauses in northern Gaza to, quote, allow civilians to flee. And we have some video of that. Here at clip number 23, Palestinians walk by tanks with their hands up. We can go to that. So armed displacement of peaceful civilians who will likely, and in all you know, seriousness, never return to their homes. So as Dan Cohen on Twitter says, in response to this four-hour daily humanitarian pause, the U.S. and Israel have concocted a phony humanitarian pretext to accelerate the ethnic cleansing of Gaza. They are partners in genocide. So this is how it works. They bomb civilians relentlessly for a month, killing tens of thousands of them, thousands of children murdered by this continuing campaign by an unrestricted and unopposed first world, incredibly powerful military with endless arms supplied by the United States versus people who live and have lived for decades in an open-air concentration camp. And so they say, well, we're going to have humanitarian pauses to allow them to leave. So they actually frame their ethnic cleansing of this area as a humanitarian act of mercy. When in reality, it just makes it easier for them to clear the land that they have intended the entire time of annexing into the state of Israel. These are not humanitarian pauses. This is an act of convenience for the Israelis. So they don't have to force the people out. They can just hold a gun to their head and ask them to walk on their own. No possibility of a Gaza ceasefire. We have some other just video of of what's going on. See clip 13. This is Gaza before and after. And we can roll that here. Just as B-roll. And you can see the just utter devastation. I mean, it literally looks like 
I don't know. It looks like you you, you know you build a town out of Lego and then just stomp on it. You just crush it. Just a formerly incredibly densely packed neighborhood reduced entirely to rubble. Go to clip 15. This is intensive airstrikes in northern Gaza caught by somebody on the ground experiencing them. Clip 15 here. We can let this uh, audio play with it. We can go to clip number 16, where we see nonstop bombing in Gaza has turned the city into complete chaos. Again, you see innocent civilians just desperately trying to react to the unexpected annihilation of their hospitals, homes. You see a man there carrying a uh, body of a child away. Brutal beyond belief. Clip number 21 is the total destruction of a mosque by Israel. There's the mosque with a, a webcam pointed at it. And it's gone, just like that. Possibly American supplied munitions, eliminating a house of worship in an act of blatant and despicable genocide that we contribute to, facilitate, and allow. And that was based, by the way, on what is increasingly looking like a totally fraudulent event on October 7th. Stay tuned. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. The InfoWars Live Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver has finally returned. To celebrate this powerful product's long-awaited homecoming, we're slashing $10 off the asking price, passing the savings on to you. Silver Bullet is the answer to Alex's extensive search for a powerful colloidal silver product that utilizes high-quality processes that has applications for both preparedness and regular use. Concentrated to 30 parts per million in a pure base of deionized water, This survival silver is the perfect fit for you and your family's routine and emergency supply. Beloidal silver is an amazing natural product that can assist your body's many healing processes. Do a deep dive, research the possibilities of colloidal silver yourself, and don't miss out on this limited-time offer of $10 off. Try InfoWars Life Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver today, available right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com forward slash show.
back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the War Room, InfoWars.com, Band.Video. How many times have you heard statements about what Hamas did on October 7th that included claims like they burned babies, they beheaded babies, there were mass rapes, mass gang rapes, and all these other claims that seem to, despite being utterly without evidence, make their way into the mainstream talking points. And then once they're disproven, miraculously, magically remain as talking points. Well, there are some very curious revelations coming out about what happened on October 7th that adds a whole new layer of questions to the ones we already had, such as how did it take seven hours for Israel to respond to this? How did this attack take place at all without the awareness in any way of the most powerful and and invasive and and all-encompassing intelligence system in the entire world? And the more you look at what happened on October 7th, the more questions arise. But even today, the House Republicans at House GOP official X account tweeted out a statement saying, Hamas, just to remind you, butchered our families, raped our women, beheaded our babies, and burned us alive. So that's the that's the line That's been spread since the beginning. And while there was obviously violence that took place, the actual manner and construct of that violence is entirely different than what is being portrayed. And we have a lot of evidence to that. And it's it's a tough spot to be in for me. Because while it's not my intention to play down or try to justify attacks on civilians that were carried out on October 7th, I am supremely interested in knowing the truth about the event, the unvarnished, ungarnished truth about what actually happened. So it's not my fault that these people lie. If I'm debunking lies... I can't be blamed for the feeling that that inspires. Jackson Hinkle, who did a really powerful interview with Alex Jones, says Israel admitted that most Israels committed on uh, killed on October 7th were military personnel. And he posts this image of a huge list of everybody who died on October 7th and highlighted in yellow are all of the names of enlisted military. And you can see it is about half of the list. Now, it's not to say these people didn't die. It's not to say that this wasn't a tragedy. It is to say that an attack against solely unarmed citizens who were murdered and slaughtered as they slept in their bed is an entirely different thing than an attack on military bases 
against military forces and armed men in uniform. So you have at least half the names highlighted in yellow. And these are the names that, according to Israel, were armed and uniformed military at the time. So that alone puts a very interesting twist on the entire narrative. Keith Woods released this chart saying Israel released the names and ages of people killed on October 7th. There's only one baby among the dead. No 40 beheaded babies. Stories of babies being targeted were fake. The amount of minors on the list was under 2%, and at least 31% were military personnel. By all estimates, well over 90% of the deaths in Israelis in Israel's war on Gaza have been civilians. So you can see a, a pie chart. In green, it's adults. Purple, it's minor minors. And apparently there was one baby that lost its life in this attack. A tragedy by any reckoning, but a complete disapproval of the claims of 40 dead babies, of they were targeting our babies. And it gets even more insane and, and divergent from the official story. And again, if, if we were told the truth about this, I would be covering the truth about it. Instead, lie after lie after lie has come forward. And now I have to debunk them. I have to disprove them. I have to disabuse people of the ideas that they have that are based entirely on lies, rumors, deception, and manipulation. TheGrayZone.com, Max Blumenthal, wrote this article that basically abolishes the entire official narrative. October 7th testimonies reveal Israel's military shelling Israeli citizens with tanks and missiles. Israel's, Israel's military received orders to shell Israeli homes and even their own bases as they were overwhelmed by Hamas militants on October 7th. How many Israeli citizens said to have been burned alive were actually killed by friendly fire? Tuval Escapa, a member of the security team for Kibbutz Beri told the Israeli newspaper Haaretz that as desperation began to set in, quote, the commanders in the field made difficult decisions, including shelling houses on their occupants in order to eliminate terrorists along with the hostages. A separate report published in Haaretz noted that the Israeli military was, quote, compelled to request an aerial strike against its own facility inside the Erez crossing to Gaza in order to repulse the terrorists who had seized control. That base was filled with Israeli civil administration officers and soldiers at the time. In addition to that, of course, we have the testimony by the survivors of this attack. We've played it on the show. Israeli forces shot their own civilians, kibbutz survivor says. She says she was one of a dozen hostages being held. She escaped, and the other 12 hostages were killed, not by Hamas, but by crossfire or deliberate targeting by Israeli soldiers. So if the official story is that 1,400 innocent civilians, including dozens of babies, were killed, how much of that is accurate? And if you remove the names that were in active military service at the time, as they weren't the victims of a attack on civilians, but 
would be, in any sense of the word, a legitimate military target for combatants in an armed conflict, you're left with about half the names. If you then start to remove the number of victims we know were killed by Israeli-friendly fire, that number becomes even smaller. And on the other side, I'll show you not only video evidence of this, but also evidence that claims of rape are entirely unfounded and without evidence, as admitted by the Israeli press themselves. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12 Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products and for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Infowars.com forward slash show. Peeling back the layers of the day's events to reveal the core truth. War Room with Harrison Smith. Welcome back, folks, to this seemingly impossible task of actually getting to the truth of what occurred just over a month ago on October 7th, for which I hold the same position I've always held, which is, if it was a terrible attack, which it seems to have been, why are they lying to exaggerate it? Just why? Why make, spread, and then defend the claims of 40 beheaded babies when that claim was debunked almost as soon as it was made? Why take, you know, insinuations from some video where some woman has mud on her butt, say actually that's evidence of rape, therefore not only did rapes occur, there were mass gang rapes that occurred over and over against children. I mean, it's just why take the reality that Israel was attacked by Hamas And then conceal that under layer upon layer of deception and outright lies. Because now we don't know what we can trust. We know we can't just trust on the face of it claims made by the Israeli government or even the American government. Biden himself claims to have seen the images of 40 dead babies, never saw them. But he claimed that he was assured that they existed, but they didn't because the official Numbers and lists of names and ages of victims include one baby who we have very good reason to believe was not the victim of Hamas, but rather a victim of the retaliation by the Israeli armed forces 
who used their Hannibal Directive to slaughter everybody involved, hostages, innocents, and combatants alike. There's a very thorough video on this, and I I thought about playing the full thing, but I think I'll just play a selection from it. It's by Prop & Co., Propaganda and Company, Prop & Co. on Twitter. We played a couple of their videos, and they are dedicating their resources towards debunking the claims that have been spread uh, without confirmation or or even an ounce of truth. So this is a one-minute clip from a all-in-all six-minute video from Prop & Co. called Breaking the Narrative Once and for All. Here in particular is a segment about the Israeli Apache helicopters that were deployed and chose to attack people on the ground despite not knowing whether they were combatants or innocent civilians. Clip number 18. EDF also used Apache attack helicopters. In an interview with Israeli media outlet Mako, an Apache pilot admitted that many of the cars he fired rockets at contained hostages. But wait, there's even more. Israeli security forces also opened fire on fleeing Israelis whom they mistook for Hamas gunmen. A resident of Ashkelon named Danielle Rachel described nearly being killed after escaping from the Nova Music Festival when it was attacked by militants. As we reached the roundabout at a kibbutz, we saw Israeli security forces, she recalled. We held our heads down because we automatically knew they'd be suspicious of us in a small beat-up car from the same direction the terrorists were coming. Our forces began shooting at us. Lastly, let's discuss how an IDF commander ordered an airstrike on his own position. The very first target the Palestinian fighters attacked was the Erez checkpoint. The attack was so fierce that the IDF commander, Avi Rosenfeld, in an act of desperation, he called for an airstrike on his own position. The IDF bombed their own base in order to kill the Palestinian militants. And this, of course, in addition to the testimony from survivors of kibbutz that say there were 12 hostages and the Israeli army came in and killed all of them. So again, it is not my purpose to downplay the attack by Hamas. But why did they lie so much? Why... Did they carry out you know, this style of defense? They were killing everybody, including the hostages. So if you have a, a 1,400 total victim count, then that gets lowered because some of them were – may have been victims of Hamas, but to portray them as, as innocent civilians is not true because they were active military combatants and in any – in any judgment, whether you think the attack was right or not, they were legitimate military targets during an armed conflict. So that number decreases quite a bit. Yeah, there's a video going around claiming that uh, it's showing hitting uh, civilians. That that video is wrong, but uh, the video isn't what we're relying on here. From Mitty's monitor, uh, 7th October testimonies strike major blow to Israeli narrative. New firsthand accounts from witnesses of Israel's clash with Hamas militants on 7th of October suggest that in their desperation to contain the surprise incursion, Israeli troops indiscriminately fired on their own citizens with heavy weaponry, resulting in potentially scores of Israeli deaths from so-called friendly fire. That, of course, in addition to people like Israeli woman 
Yasmin Porat, who confirmed in an interview with Israel Radio that the militants undoubtedly killed numerous Israeli noncombatants during gun battles with Hamas militants on October 7th. Quote, they eliminated everyone, including the hostages, she stated, referring to Israeli special forces. According to Haaretz, the army was only able to restore control over the kibbutz after admittedly shelling the homes of Israelis who had been taken captive, saying, quote, the price was terrible. At least 112 residents were killed, the paper chronicled. Others were kidnapped. Much of the shelling in the kibbutz was carried out by Israeli tank crews. Apache helicopters also figured heavily in the Israeli military response on October 7th. Pilots have told Israeli media they scrambled to the battlefield without any intelligence, unable to differentiate between Hamas fighters and Israeli noncombatants, yet determined to, quote, empty the belly of their war machines. This from the story from the Gray Zone, Max Blumenthal. And then from Times of Israel, we have this story. Amid war and urgent need to ID bodies, evidence of Hamas October 7th rapes slips away. Despite definitive witness testimony, global skepticism persists about the terrorist sexual crimes. Toll investigates how, or TOI, I guess, Times of Israel investigates how a mass casualty event in a war zone made forensic determination impossible. Hebrew language media reported on Wednesday that the Israeli police investigations unit, Lahav 443, has been collecting evidence from terrorist interrogations, witness testimony, and various footage sources about sexual crimes committed by Hamas terrorists during their October 7th onslaught. But in the wake of an unprecedentedly large mass casualty event, physical evidence of sexual assault was not collected from corpses by Israel's overtaxed morgue facilities amid their ongoing scramble to identify the people killed. The decision made under war footing and pressing need to identify the dead to not use time-consuming crime scene investigation protocols to document rape cases has, however, fueled international skepticism over Hamas's sexual assault, uh, sexual abuse of victims while it held control over parts of southern Israel on October 7th. Reflecting the government's official position, Defense Minister Yoav Gallant said that Hamas committed acts of, quote, murder, rape, kidnapping in Hebrew language remarks repeated multiple times over the last month. However, the government has not released explicit footage or pressed rape survivors to share their stories, nor have the forensic services released formal reports on whether their findings were consistent with sexual abuse. So all of this simply combines to paint a very different picture than the one that is uniformly displayed by mainstream media and even places like the Republican you know, GOP official account. That one by one, the claims that have been made have been proven in many cases to be utterly false, and yet they continue to be spread. Which means that the other claims, which may very well be true, are frankly not trustworthy because some of the claims that we've seen have been blatant lies. Just like the lie that it wasn't Israel that bombed the hospital instead claiming it was Hamas. Another lie completely disproved. So this entire war has been built upon and is operating on deception at the highest levels. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels and what it does 
to every system in your body is simply incredible it's the natural clean energy focus immune system everything and it's 40 percent off exclusively at infowarsstore.com this has been rated as the best b12 in the country it's available from a top lab that we private label it through at infowarsstore.com Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda at the New York Times, other major newspapers. That the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Infowars.com forward slash show. Well, folks, strange bedfellows does war make. Seems to have utterly shattered the left-right paradigm as we actually have Palestinian protesters placing BlackRock under siege and Republicans, of course, calling for yet another Middle East war, having not learned their lesson from the last several. But a very odd, a very inexplicable change in tone has come from one Lindsey Graham. But I think I think I know why. I think I might have an answer to this. But as we know, Lindsey Graham has been the biggest war hawk in the government for a while and in a number of different ways, but specifically with this latest iteration of the Israel-Gaza conflict. But he made this statement, which is very confusing since it is completely at odds with his previous stance. Let's go now to clip number 22. Lindsey Graham saying no money to Israel until we secure our border. What? Let's watch. This is the same administration that is having more illegal immigrants cross our border illegally than all presidents combined. They don't know what they're doing on the border. They don't know what they're doing when it comes to bad guys. If you had Donald Trump as president, we would secure the border tomorrow. People would listen to him in Mexico and other places because they're afraid of him. If he were president of the United States, this stuff with Iran would end. 
The only thing that works with bad guys is to be strong. Our border is broken. Our policies don't work. It's a matter of time to a bunch of Americans get killed. I will not vote for one dime for any country, including Israel, until we first secure our own border. Well, okay. Good deal. Good stance you have there, Lindsay. But there's a little twist in this. Story from NewArab.com. Senators call for resolution to let U.S. strike Iran. Wow, maybe it's not important that Israel gets money if we'll just take the fighting on ourselves. Maybe that's what's behind it. After all, it is Senator Lindsey Graham who is heading this non-binding resolution. U.S. lawmakers are introducing a non-binding resolution to call on the U.S. to strike Iran if there's further spillover in the Middle East from Israel's war on Gaza. Now, there have been, in the last 24 hours, airstrikes in eastern Syria by America, as well as airstrikes from Israel in Syria, Gaza, and Lebanon. And since the beginning of this conflict, it has been entirely up to Israel whether it expands or not. So through this binding or non-binding resolution from Lindsey Graham and Richard Blumenthal, they're essentially telling Israel if you expand this beyond your own borders, America will be obliged to get involved and to directly bomb Iran ourselves. Senator Lindsey Graham said any killing of U.S. troops at bases in Syria and Iraq would trigger a response from Washington by force. U.S. senators are introducing this non-binding resolution on Israel's war on Gaza, which includes enabling the U.S. military to strike Iran if the violence were to spill over further in the region. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham and Democrat Senator Richard Blumenthal said Richard Blumenthal said that Iran and its proxies must be warned against tipping the region into a large-scale war as rocket fire between the Israeli forces and Hezbollah ramps up along the Israel-Lebanon border. During a joint interview on CNN's State of the Union show on Sunday, the senators who visited Tel Aviv last month as part of the U.S. delegation said they are introducing a bipartisan resolution to the Senate this week which focuses – on Iran. Graham said that the resolution is a warning to Iran to restrain itself in light of attacks by Iran-linked militia groups on U.S. assets in Iraq and Syria. If the war expands, if Hezbollah opens up a second front in the north against Israel in a substantial, in a substantial way to overwhelm the Iron Dome, then we should hit the Islamic Republic of Iran, Graham said. There's no Hamas without the Ayatollah's support. There's no Hezbollah without the Ayatollah's support, he added, referring to Iran's Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khomeini. The killing of any U.S. troops at their bases in Syria and Iraq would also trigger by force a response from Washington, the senator said. The resolution puts Iran on notice that all military force in the region will be coming after you if you expand the war by activating Hezbollah or killing an American through your proxies in Syria and Iraq. Blumenthal said the Democratic Party emphasized the key word in the resolution was deterrence. However, we have been totally unwilling or incapable of deterring Israel from expanding the war and from themselves bringing in Hezbollah by bombing towns in Lebanon and killing Lebanese civilians. Just to give you an update as to where we are overall, the bird's eye view of this from Middle East Eye, Israel, Palestine Live, Mahad, Mossad and CIA discuss hostage deal in Doha. Senior U.S. officials suggest Daza, Gaza death toll may be higher than the Palestinian health ministry figures. And it's over 10,000 at this point. At least 14 Palestinians were killed in a Jinan raid in the West Bank, where Hamas doesn't actually operate. Israel to begin four-hour pause, uh, four pauses daily in fighting, White House says. 
so that the people that they are ethnically cleansing can cleanse themselves. 1,350 Palestinian children are trapped under rubble. 1,350 Palestinian children, as of now, are unaccounted for and under the rubble created by the bombing by Israel. Meanwhile, Houthis from Yemen are launching missiles at an Israeli target, firing several ballistic missiles targeting various locations in Israel, including military sites in Eilat, the Houthi spokesperson announced on Thursday. And the conflict continues to spiral in various different directions. 178 Palestinians have been killed in the West Bank since the 7th of October. And scores of civilians were killed and wounded on Thursday night after an Israeli bombardment targeted the vicinity of the Indonesian hospital in the northern Gaza Strip, according to Wafa News Agency. Footage broadcast by Al Jazeera showed panicked scenes at the hospital as airstrikes landed nearby. The bombings reportedly caused severe damage to hospital facilities. utter, complete, continuous devastation. A major story that we covered a bit yesterday but has gained more traction today can be found on the post-millennial. CNN, AP, Reuters, New York Times published images from journalists embedded with Hamas during the October 7th massacre. The outlets published photos by the photographers of the surprise terrorist attack on the Jewish state. The photos show terrorists breaking the gates to Kibbutz Kafar Aza, Hamas terrorists taking civilian hostages and attacking Israeli tanks and civilians. The report noted that the AP credited four individuals for images of the attack, all based in Gaza, where in 2021 it was revealed the outlet shared offices with Hamas, which is an interesting twist to all of this. And before we go to break, and I welcome my guest Tyler Nixon, talk about the persecution of patriots here in America. I want to go to this video, clip number 20. This is a former IDF soldier who found himself unexpectedly at a pro-Palestine protest decades after he served in the Israeli military. Let's go now to clip number 20. I'm uh, probably the only person with a Palestinian flag, and I'm also the only Israeli citizen here, probably. Forty years ago, I, I was a soldier in the IDF. It was a very hopeful time. Everybody wanted peace. A settlement with Egypt had been made, and... The next step was to have peace with the Palestinians. And when I was in the army, I, I saw that sabotage. You know, I saw the attempted assassination of Bassam Shaka, the mayor of Nablus. And I, I just saw like a mafia-run country that sabotaged the peace process at every process, at every step. I'm just here to show my support. You're cheering up. There's a lot of emotions. Yeah. You know, like, when I was 21, if somebody told me I'd be standing at a Palestinian freedom rally, I would have told them they were crazy. But, you know, over the 40 years, I've just seen, like, so much bloodshed. Even the Israelis are being used to by evil, evil forces in the world who are trying to start just so many lies being told about the truth of, of what's going on there. I am tearing up because it's... It's horrible. It's horrible what's happening. Totally brutal and horrible. By the way, this is a website called countingthekids.org. Children killed in the Israel-Palestine conflict from 2000 until today. This is 2023, and if we start scrolling down, oh, you're going to have to scroll faster than that. 
Oh, yeah. You're going to have to scroll faster than that. These are the number of Palestinian children killed in the last month or so. And it just keeps going. And, of course, it doesn't stop there as a number of Palestine. Palestinian children have been killed is often in the hundreds per year. And, of course, Israeli children uh, noted there as well. A devastating, senseless, horrific conflict. Impossible to even encompass with your mind the reality of the situation on the ground. Stay with us, third hour on the other side. Countingthekids.org is that website. Please uh, remember, we are listener supported and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs that is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver bullet, back in stock, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. And we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible, fast-acting nootropic back in stock. 60% off part of the big sale, the new sale we've got. Immune support, organic, green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. 888-253-3139. 